Welcome to AM Best Audio. Amidst growing inflation, increased market volatility, and economic uncertainty, insurers are re-examining their investment strategies and how that uncertainty is impacting their businesses. I'm Lori Chortis for Ambest TV. Joining me now to talk about that is Matthew Riley, Managing Director in Conning's Institutional Solutions Group. Conning is a property and casualty and life insurance asset manager. Matt, welcome. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Lori. Great to be speaking with you today. You also. Uncertainty seems to be the big word right now. Can you talk a bit about the economic uncertainty and market volatility we're now seeing and how is it impacting insurers? Thank you, Laurie, for that question. Uncertainty definitely feels like the key word right now. Economic uncertainty is very high. We have a very unusual but rather tight labor market. We have very high levels of inflation, meaningful supply chain and geopolitical shocks that we're experiencing. And all of these have left market participants wondering, where do we go from here? The Federal Reserve is tightening monetary policy and poised to continue in order to head off inflation. At the same time, consumer, which has been really doing the heavy lifting of uh, the U.S. economy for a long time, is seeing sentiment falling off and less consumer confidence due to higher levels of inflation. All of these factors are really weighing on future investments and considerations for insurers. The market seems to be pricing in greater probability of an economic drawdown to be experienced and a recession over the next 18 months. So that's thinking about the economic picture, and there's not really a lot of comforting data points there. But when we think about the financial markets, we're still seeing a lot of volatility and uncertainty. Equity markets are off meaningfully. The S&P 500 recently uh, entered bear market territory and is off over 20% from uh, year-end levels. Interest rates are moving higher, causing prices of bonds to fall. Uh, the two-year treasury was recently up over 2% from where it was at year-end. The 10-year up 1.5%. And credit spreads, which are the compensation that investors get for lending money to investors, are also increasing. So the probability of possible defaults from uh, different investments is rising. And all of these factors have also been quite volatile. All that is not in isolation negative, higher interest rates, wider credit spreads, lower equity markets, as they can present interesting entry points. But the volatility and uncertainty make this challenging for insurers to think about what to do going forward. As opposed to thinking about maybe one set of outcomes, uh, for instance, the equity market's going to rise 10% this year or interest rates are going to move uh, in this form or fashion, we like to think about a range of outcomes and prepare portfolios and strategies for that. And the range of pu uh, possible future outcomes as we experience more volatility continues to widen meaningfully. So while before insurers found themselves in a relatively benign, low rate, low growth environment for years, at least they could plan around that. This uncertainty makes future investment, business decisions, and investment strategy decisions all the more difficult. This effect can compound not only in not investing, um, but not pursuing future growth today uh, can have a knock-on effect in terms of future growth prospects. It feels like for now that we're definitely outside of this benign, low-rate, low-growth environment that we had been in. In this environment, how are insurers' portfolios performing? I would suspect with higher interest rates, some insurers are experiencing negative returns on their fixed income portfolio. Yeah. 
Unfortunately, the second quarter, I, I fear, is going to look a lot like the first quarter when insurers are looking at their performance. Uh, both equities and fixed income uh, total return numbers will likely be negative and likely larger negative numbers than they've been seeing uh, over the past few years. Um, so what that means is that securities that maybe were at a gain or trading at close to uh, the cost or book value for insurers might now be at a loss position. Unfortunately, in this current environment, when we normally would expect bonds and equities to maybe balance each other out, we're experiencing negative returns from really both parts of insurers' portfolios. Um, while fixed income is typically the majority of that investment portfolio in order to uh, provide support for policies that have been written in future claims payments, that typical ballast role that it plays has been very subject to the market volatility that all asset classes are experiencing. Now, while that alone is obviously unsettling, um, it can have a compounding effect on the long-term health of an investment strategy in the portfolio. What we can see and uh, what we are seeing is that discussions with insurers, rightfully so, are turning from less of what new investments should we consider, where should we go with the portfolio, into more defensive considerations. Um, how long are these securities going to be at a loss? Do we have possible impairments in the portfolio? Uh, do we have concerns about specific holdings and credits? Again, this can turn from a more long-term strategic growth-oriented investment view into much more of an urgent uh, defensive position that in the worst case might lead to companies abandoning prudent uh, long-term strategies to try and avoid future losses, um, but at the bare minimum might uh, avoid future considerations for growth or maybe even considering some of the opportunities that the market's presenting at this point in time. We're now experiencing levels of inflation that we haven't seen in decades. Why are insurers worried about inflation and how much of the risk of inflation is driven? by its magnitude. Yeah, inflation alone is not a negative. So inflation is something that we experience at all points in time. It just comes in different sizes and shapes. Really, it's the unexpected inflation that the risk for insurers can come through their balance sheets. For a long period, inflation was muted and around the Fed's long-term target of 2%. With that expectation, insurers can price a certain amount of inflation into their cost structure and their claims payments expected in the future. Unfortunately, what we've been experiencing and will likely continue to experience over the near term is much greater uncertainty around what inflationary levels are and what that's going to mean for future costs on both the claims and on your uh, regular operations. On top of that, we're seeing vastly different levels of uh, in inconsistency across different inflation measures, whether you're talking about the energy complex or consumer goods or automobiles, the varying price levels seem to be quite volatile. Now, inflation for an insurer needs to be thought of in a very company-specific manner. Each company's claims and cost structure is going to be unique to what they're undertaking. As a simplistic example, a personal lines writer is going to be more impacted and concerned about the inflation uh, that might arise from the cost of cars or residential construction to uh, account for their personal auto and homeowner policies, whereas a workers' comp insurer might be more concerned with medical costs and wage inflation. This also means that most quotes that are broadly uh, talked about in the market, such as CPI, core CPI, PCE, etc., um, 
while they are general measures of inflation, aren't going to do a really good job of tracking to the specific risk that an insurer has. That structure of future payments is also going to be affected by the types of business. So a shorter tail line like personal lines compared to a longer term uh, type of business like workers' comp or medical malpractice have different abilities to reprice their policies and accounts for changes in inflation. The longer those payments are, such as workers' comp or medical professional liabilities, the more uh, longer term interest rates and increases in the term structure of inflation uh, can have negative impacts. What we want to do is, and what we do do, is we work with insurers to help them understand the specific inflationary risk factors in their policies that they're underwriting, in their cost structure, and then try to project across a range of different inflationary outcomes uh, how those different levels might affect it, and then design a resilient investment strategy accordingly. So what impact does inflation have on insurers' investment portfolios, and are there strategies to mitigate its impact? So when you think about returns for fixed income instruments, or really any instrument, it can be broken into two components. There's the nominal returns that we all regularly quote, and then the real returns, which accounts for the impact of inflation. In a simple example of a one-year bond with a 3% yield, the nominal expected return over that period is about 3%. Now, in a normalized inflationary environment where rates would be maybe 2% for inflation, the expected real return is closer to 1%. So the future real dollars that you're earning, 1% compared to 3%. Now with higher levels of inflation, say 5%, that real return can turn negative. So while you were expecting growth in terms of your ability to spend in the future and your ability to hedge inflation uh, with your fixed income portfolio, with higher levels of inflation, you actually might have less real dollars in the future um, for the portfolio. And this can obviously have a, a meaningful impact on longer term securities with uh, more based on longer term interest rates. Now there are strategies that naturally do provide some hedges in normal market environments against inflation. The most obvious one to discuss is TIPS, um, which are Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. Payments for TIPS are uh, adjusted to account for inflationary levels in the market. However, the income in non and uh, higher levels of inflationary time is rather trivial and underperforms uh, in non-inflationary scenarios nearly all other types of investments. As insurers are very income sensitive uh, for their portfolios, a, a large allocation to tips is of limited appeal in most scenarios. So we then move into the next and a more investable category, which might be assets that have the ability to reprice their yields as interest rates rise with higher levels of inflation. This would include instruments that have uh, either floating rate aspects to their coupon payments or shorter maturities. Uh, CLOs is a great example, which have floating rate coupons that when you're experiencing higher levels of inflation and higher short-term interest rates are going to adjust their yields up with those shorter term rates. The last area with an ability to hedge some of those inflationary pressures is assets that either are real assets or have an ability to pass down some of their cost structure uh, in their future earnings streams. These include areas like real estate, equities, infrastructure, commodities. However, many of these areas also have less certain future cash flows 
compared to fixed income instruments. What that means is it makes it difficult for life and property and casualty insurers to invest too heavily in these as their portfolios do need to uh, support the policies that they do write for their business. Um, so we see a range of different solutions, but it requires a really thoughtful discussion about how to approach and allocate into each one of these areas. Where is conning focused on in this area? Yeah. When we think about how to solve for some of the challenges that our clients face, uh, and inflation being one of them, we really want to start with a holistic and deep understanding of our clients' unique businesses and the policies and risks that they are underwriting. We're first working with our clients to understand the sensitivity of their specific business to inflation, the term structure of their claim payments, expected future increases in expenses, inflation risks in uh, future claims and payments, and those are all meaningful inputs to our process. For there, we want to work with them to design a portfolio that's going to work across a range of economic and financial market scenarios. Now this needs to be accomplished in the context of each company's unique risk preferences and enterprise goals. We then have the ability to stress portfolios over, variable, uh, over specific variables they might be concerned about. In this environment, companies have been more concerned with inflation and equity market volatility, among other measures. And then with this analysis in hand, we can work to design a strategy that will be properly positioned across a range of outcomes. So we're finding increased interest in some of those fixed income areas that are shorter duration in nature or have floating rate coupons, such as investment grade collateralized loan obligations, or esoteric structured securities that have higher credit quality while also providing attractive yields, but shorter duration and will be less sensitive if we do find ourselves in a um, higher interest rate environment for a prolonged period. We're also seeing interest in some of these uh, more real asset or uh, ability to reprice future earnings areas such as commercial real estate or equities. Finally, we are seeing from our clients that they are excited that they are putting higher new money rates on in sectors that they previously maybe weren't as enamored with the yields. So even if investors are still investing in areas like corporates and municipals um, and they feel strong about the credit profiles that they have and the issuers that they're selecting, um, the yields that they're still getting for those same types of securities have increased meaningfully. At the end of the day, we believe that uh, you need to continue to stay focused on really what that long-term strategy is, not think about the current environment too much for sacrificing really the long-term objectives of the organization. Along with the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, the federal government has begun to unwind some of its pandemic-driven measures. We've seen rates at the short and long end much higher than recent levels. Is this move up in rates finally providing some relief for insurers? Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, when you think and you look back at where yields have been, we've really been in a, a steady period of lower interest rates uh, that pretty much any time you looked back 24 months prior, the same security that you'd be purchasing was for a lower yield than it would have been two years in the past. Um, so for the first time in a long time, we are seeing new money rates into portfolios exceed 
that of um, current portfolios and of uh, portfolios that they maybe were purchasing a year or two ago. However, we would caution that these yields need to be thought of in the broader context of um, if a lot of this increase in yield is to account for the inflationary pressures, um, then the real yields and the real dollars that insurers are going to be getting at the end of the day is slightly diminished. Now, thinking about different uh, industries, for PNC insurers, we've seen a lot of them open up their investment tool sets over the past few years and, and look at new asset classes, new sectors. We've continued to see this uh, continue throughout this period of higher interest rates and higher yields. Um, but they are now putting on improved yields from where they were a little bit ago. Now, life and annuity writers also have a higher yield environment to invest in that all else equal should make their products more attractive to end consumers. However, more broadly, longer term investment, such as a consumer going out and buying an annuity or a life insurance policy is a little bit more precarious in an uncertain economic and a more volatile financial market period. So if we do see more stabilization, we could see insurers benefit from increased interest in their products overall um, if we get decreased volatility here. In light of the shocks to the economic system financial markets, what should insurers do to feel comfortable with their portfolio? So with investing for insurers, there's a, 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 cute, a few key things. Um, that we think about. The biggest of which is to ensure that their portfolio is not thought of in isolation. And that at the end of the day, as you're investing for an insurer, you need to make sure that you're well positioned to support the policies, the policyholders, and the key stakeholders of the organization. Part of this consideration is taking an appropriately long-term view and look at the portfolio, as well as ensuring proper diversification. Speaking to the time frame uh, aspect, similar to how individuals might have a different risk-taking ability and preference uh, if they're saving money for a down payment for a car, as opposed to if they're saving for retirement decades in the future, insurers, we believe, need to similarly embrace a long, the appropriate time frame. We've been in a rather benign market for an extended period of time with strong support from the Fed. This new period of time is going to stress all asset owners, insurers included. Designing an appropriate and resilient long-term investment strategy is going to be key to achieving similarly long-term success from the investment portfolio and then feed into long-term enterprise goals. Now, this needs to be done thinking about the context of both the known and unknown uh, current and future risks in order to ensure that the portfolio is supporting policyholders. Thinking about P&C insurers in particular, this means analyzing this strategy in the context of how the company is projecting to do in the future across both favorable underwriting scenarios and uh, unfavorable scenarios, higher inflationary scenarios and lower inflationary scenarios. For life and annuity writers, their prospects and policy performance is much more tied to how financial markets are going to perform. Thus, ensuring an appropriate investment strategy for the company's policies in all environments is even more critical. We believe these carriers need to know what happens if interest rates and in equity markets move up, down, or sideways. It's not only going to impact how their portfolio is performing, but also how their policies are going to perform and how their benefits get paid. 
For instance, if interest rates are increasing, they might experience a greater amount of policyholder lapses. Um, if yields go up, maybe crediting rates on certain products need to compensate uh, policyholders accordingly. The other area is diversification. Now that plays a critical role in really any portfolio structure. Um, and the way we like to think about it is just not putting all of your eggs in one or two baskets, but having a well-diversified uh, portfolio across different risk and return streams. That can be more uh, resilient across a range of economic and financial market shocks. Now, the benefit that investors can achieve is really through correlations and uh, lower correlations across different investments. However, as we're experiencing right now in short periods of time and in stressed market conditions, correlations across many types of investments tend to turn towards one. And so instead of equities and fixed income offsetting each other with performance, maybe both of them might be experiencing losses at the same time. However, when properly applied to an appropriately long time frame and uh, a strategic approach to investing, diversification can enhance portfolio returns and enterprise value while maintaining or reducing uh, risk. With this increased market volatility, uh, we think that similar to what we saw after 2007 and the 2008 financial crisis where uh, thinking about enterprise risk and portfolio stress tests maybe came into vogue a little bit. We think we'll see insurers thinking a little bit more about drawdowns, risks in their portfolio as they continue to move forward and progress their investment strategies accordingly. So Matt, are you optimistic that insurers will emerge from this environment with their businesses intact and be stronger in the years ahead? Yeah. In short, in short yes. Um, Balance sheets and capital levels in the industry have been growing and the industry overall has been robust. Now that doesn't mean that uh, there won't likely be individual companies that are laggards, but on the whole, we believe whether you're thinking about uh, the PNC industry or, or some of the segments uh, within there or um, the life and annuity writers, um, we believe you know, both are well positioned to sustain the volatility uh, that we're currently experiencing. Now, in terms of uh, looking into the crystal ball and out into the future, there's a few things that we've seen that make us feel optimistic. Um, the in insurance industry has been evolving. And in the life insurance industry, what we're seeing are meaningful new entrants. We're seeing legacy companies analyze their business model. Uh, to position for long-term success. And this was going on before uh, we really experienced this most recent bout of shock. So um, thinking strategically about how the enterprise is going to compete and aligning capital accordingly. We've seen increased innovation in products and higher interest rates, again, could prove to be a long-term tailwind for the industry if sustained. For PNC carriers, um, Again, we've seen an increased rate of change in areas like distribution models. Management teams are focusing strongly on differentiated underwriting capabilities and thinking well about how to position for more innovation, uh, long-term investment and growth, especially given some of the investments and maybe pressures that they've seen from fintech new entrants into some of their legacy uh, segments. So, while it's no guarantee of future success, um, I'd say we see the glasses half full. 
and um, think the industry will, will adapt accordingly uh, and continue to grow off of its current base. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Laurie. It was great to speak with you. That was Matthew Riley, Managing Director in Conning's Institutional Solutions Group. For AMBAS TV, I'm Laurie Chortis. Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200, extension 5399, and have a great day.